Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. This is Radio Free Brooklyn. And this is Young Parsons Radio! I don't usually wake up this early. Okay. Caller, what is so important? <laughs> I guess it's a show where you talk to people who are hit by lightning. Hey, Colby. It's Tim Keck. What's up, bitch? This is Mary Coolahan. Colby, Colby, it's Jason Trackerberry with a very quick phone call. It's me, Gene Craighead George. It's Monica. Yay. Yay. Can I tell you a pigeon story? Raising baby pigeons in a pasta colander. Pigeon, is that you? There's enough evidence on here to lock her away for a long time. <laughs> oh, I guess this is a maniac show for birds. Stupid, it's childish, and I would never do that to you. Lower East Simon. What so kind I- of art were you doing at the karate school? The art of the empty hands. I take care of feral cats. There's a meatball. It's in the house. <laughs> Caller, it lift me out of this slump. Caller! I'm not a fan of the show. I've never heard of it before. Are you about to number one yet? I'm feeling real cool. Get me named a living landmark for New York. I gotta shoot on Rob Shapiro real quick. He's a hat. His fans are morons. I'm a big fan of your radio show, but off the air, you're, you're kind of a terrible person. You just sound like a bunch of dorks. I it's truly can't two. tell if everyone's making fun of us. Is this what this feels this like is, every week? Yeah. Come in. Oh my god. Oh my god, it's Colby. You have a nasty habit of surviving. Well, you know what they say about the fittest? Welcome to another edition of Young Persons Radio right here on Radio Free Brooklyn with me, your host, Colby Smith, here until 11 a.m. this morning. This is your Sunday morning comedy program right here on Radio Free Brooklyn until 11 a.m., at which point we will be followed by Point of Order, the great sports talk show. He'll be coming in here at 11 to, I'm sure, talk NBA playoffs until noon, at which point they will be followed by the Brooklyn Conversation with Rosie, and at 1 p.m., Objection to the Rule, Radio Free Brooklyn's answer to the Sunday morning political talk show circuit. And we have talk shows until 11 p.m. tonight, some pre-recorded, many live, so keep that player tab on your computer open all day long. Unless you are on the go, unless you've got somewhere to go this Sunday, at which point you can download our free mobile app. Now available for iOS and Android, this Radio Free Brooklyn app. You can listen live. You can listen to old uh, episodes. You can listen to uh, 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 RFB2, which is our our channel devoted exclusively to uh, local music. You can check all of that stuff out on the Radio Free Brooklyn app, available anywhere where apps can be downloaded. And while you're checking out the station, 
You can go, and I'm sure you're listening to this on your computer because, you know, it's the Sunday morning. We're all just trying to get get our day started here. If you go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash pledge, you can find out how you can get involved and support the station that, uh, that, that keeps you company at least every Sunday morning and probably more, probably more than that. RFB.NYC uh, uh, slash YPR if you want to sponsor this show in particular to keep us uh, keep the administrative costs down of keeping this thing afloat or RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash pledge to find out how you can get involved in the station. This is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and all donations, if you choose that way to support us, are completely tax deductible, folks. It's April. Tax is still in everybody's mind. Let's get those donations in. One more thing I want to tell you about, and that is the Radio Free Brooklyn newsletter, which is the best way to keep in touch with everything going on here at the station. Uh, we, it's got information on ticket giveaways, interviews, and events, such as our live show this Thursday, May 3rd at 8 p.m. at The Well here in Brooklyn, uh, featuring the band Stone Giant. Which, if you listened last week, you know is highly influenced by rock and roll legends such as Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, Pink Floyd, Black Sabbath, and Deep Purple. Bands that I guess have a lot in common. Uh, uh, so, Che, if you ever wanted to see what, a, what nine classic rock bands put together sounds like, you can check out. <laughs> this is unfair. This is just a nice thing the station's doing, and I'm making fun of it. Uh, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Check it out. It's this Thursday, May 3rd. At 8 p.m. at the well, uh, you can get tickets online at our website. So go to rfb.nyc slash tickets. They are cheaper if you order them online instead of paying at the door. So go ahead and check that out. And, of course, the final piece of business is let's get some calls in this morning. 904-351-0729 is our number. 904-351-0729 if you want to call in and talk to me or my guest. I've had a guest in here this whole time. He is... A house performer at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater here in New York City. A member of the indie improv team Area 52. A cast member of the monthly sketch show Lo-Fi NYC. A writer whose work has appeared in places like The New Yorker and McSweeney's. And a bona fide Twitter superstar. That's right. It's Bob Wolfov. There it is. What's going on? Very nice to be here. Very nice to cheer for myself. (laughs) Which... I think it's the best way to do radio shows. It's a hallmark of the show that I, I list every credit the guest has ever had. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, like the deeper you go into the credits, the more kind of uncomfortable I become. <laughs> but yeah, thank you. Thank so you, many Colby. people have this reaction, but it does not lead me to change my ways. <laughs> How are you this morning, Bob? Oh, good. I am excited to hear that all-star classic rock band. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to go to the show. Stone Giant. Stone Giant. Now, if, if I had to name, you know, all these bands again. Mm-hmm. Led Zeppelin, Jimmy Deep Hendrix, Big Deep Purple, Pink Floyd. If Black my dad Sabbath. heard this, he would be just sweating. He'd be so excited. <laughs> you could hear them all together, <laughs> all in one band. It's Stone Giant. You know, I'm sick of hearing them on individual records. I want to hear it all in one song. <laughs> yes. The biggest problem with classic rock is that you have to listen to one band at a time. It's unbelievable. <laughs> We need a, a, a CD changer in here. Yeah. I want to get a smoothie, like a Vitamix, and just throw a bunch of classic rock records in. <laughs> Do you remember having CD changers in the car and how exciting that was? It was really exciting. The sound, like the... Like yeah. as it switched to the yeah. other CD. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but at the time, it was like, yeah, we're changing from this Disney compilation to... Mm-hmm. to uh, 
You ever like Radio Disney? Did you ever listen to Radio Disney as a kid? I did. And Radio Disney was weirdly um, staticky, the connection. Mm. So, because it was an AM station. Uh-huh. Uh, and my my parents would always be like, can't you find something else? And I'd be like, no, I need that. I need my Radio Disney. <laughs> yes. I, I need my promos with Selena Gomez. <laughs> yeah. Selena Gomez uh, was on there. Uh, the, a lot of the a lot of the pop hits of the 90s. That's how I heard them. Yeah. yeah. And they would kind of kids bopify some of them. I think yeah. like. They, well, first of all, they would only play stuff that I think was appropriate for yeah. children. But also, if there were moments where it would be like, you know, a curse word potentially, they would, I think, replace it with like a fun, goofy kid's word. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Since we're talking about kids, Bob, sure. uh, uh, I would like to bring to your attention and the listener's attention uh, the following uh, kids, Bob lyric, okay. which is, you used to call me on my cell phone anytime we need to talk <laughs> <laughs> well yeah that's that's Which good is, that's just like a commercial for cell phones <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is what that song is about really that's great you call me on my cell phone i have it with me everywhere <laughs> <laughs> call me on my cell phone uh you could also text me too <laughs> <laughs> hit me up on snap chat <laughs> now uh, uh, uh bob you having a nice spring so far it's pretty good. The pollen count has been pretty high, so that part yes. of it is difficult. Um, but other than that, yeah, pretty good spring. I, you know, look, Colby, I, I'm a simple guy. <laughs> I have very simple needs and pleasures in this life, and you know, one of them is I like uh, having a drink or a, a meal outside. Oh yeah, it's yeah one of the few things that kind of makes me happy and alfresca dining yes yes italian style <laughs> curbside monging yeah now um, see i i like the like the the courtyard oh i don't like the sidewalk the so sidewalk makes yeah. me anxious you probably love gazebos then kind of the hybrid oh, outside yeah. inside huge fan of gazebos <laughs> i mean i'm you know i'm into the gazebo i think it's a uh, it, it it makes sense as an invention. Mm-hmm. There's some people who, yeah, don't like being totally in public, so you need at least walls. Right, right. Like, I'll have no ceiling, but give me a wall or two just yeah. to yeah. feel secluded from the scary nature. Did you see any of those John Mulaney shows at Radio City? I did. Yeah. I saw... He has um, a good gazebo joke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, um, he's gotten very good. Like, he's always been, I thought, very funny, but now he's, like, this, like, incredible performer. Yeah. Just, like... I mean, it's like watching like Rush or something where it's like, you, like, how are you fitting so much into one thing? I know it's really he it, he moves at this incredible pace. Too. Yeah, it's just like uh, one great joke after another. I will say the way that he is being like anointed right now is like mm-hmm. he's like a golden god of comedy. He's the golden boy. Makes yeah. me so nervous because it does not yeah. last and usually has terrible consequences for the person it's happening to. Yeah, and I like him. I like him too. I would hate to find out that he does something horrible, but I just I think I think he might be good. I think, I think he so. might be. I've the stories I've heard about him have only been positive and like friendly. Apparently, like his wife is lovely, so I think he's got like good home influence and like he's yeah. He just seems like a hopefully good dude. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed for but John hey, Mulaney. You never know. He could be just kind of a small-town murderer. <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> My worry is that he uh, is that it gets like too indulgent, and the next step is like, I'm going to make a movie about my life. Oh, God. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he tried with the show, right? He tried yeah. to do Seinfeld, and I don't know if it was his fault or the network's fault, but that 
was a bit of a disaster. Yeah. I mean, it had all the makings of a show that we would love, right? Sure. Oh, we love John Mulaney. He gets to do stand-up at the top of the show, and then we see an episode inspired by said stand-up. Yeah. Like, I'm all in. Yeah. And it didn't work. I don't know what that was. Like, why that didn't all come together. Because he had everything going for him. You know? Very strange, yeah. Very odd. Very odd. But still, if I were asked to participate in that show <laughs> at the time, I would have, hands down, oh, yeah. given my life. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, how many... How many, like... I just I see a, a universe where things don't go so great for like this next phase of his career, mm -hmm. and we get six episodes on Netflix of Mulaney back <laughs> <laughs> by popular demand. We're bringing back Mulaney. <laughs> <laughs> Whole original cast is there. Nassim <laughs> Pedrad is back. Mm -hmm. uh, Elliot Gould. Elliot Gould was on it. Elliot Gould was like his his old gay neighbor. Oh yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's an archetype that needs to exist in any sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Was um was the neighbor? I'm trying to remember that neighbor I really liked. Um, Three's Company. That neighbor was kind of goofy and funny, yeah. right? Yeah. Three's Company is a wacky time. It's kind of just like there's like an undercurrent of them all dating each other, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're they're really a family, Bob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember watching that show like. Because I, I was a big Nick at Night fan. So yes. I would, it was just like, how, how can I get to Fresh Prince? And it would usually be like through Home Improvement or like through Three's Company. Mm -hmm. um, and Three's Company always kind of weirded me out. It was kind of like like when adults had like too much wine. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and it was just like, as, as soon as like, like a fishbowl and keys start coming out, mm -hmm. that's right when they start filming that show. It was very bizarre. <laughs> yeah. There were a lot of like, uh, uh, just like, misunderstandings going right. on you know right. like with the the landlords the landlord couple right right they'd walk yeah. in and be like whoa, whoa! <laughs> these ratios are all off yeah. nowadays that show would be nothing because everybody's uh, uh pansexual mm -hmm. and uh um you know multi-relationship so that show yeah. would just kind of be just a blip yeah yeah I'm, an, I'm a monogamous man myself. <laughs> we, we solved it. We solved Three's Company. <laughs> we solved the problem. Now, Bob, you started as a stand-up. Yes. Right? Yes. You and I, we, you, you seem reticent to talk about it <laughs> anytime I brought it up with you in, in person. Well, look. Uh, Are you I ashamed? Think, yeah, I think <laughs> failure is tough to kind of frack at. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I did start as a stand-up and I was okay at it. Um, mm-hmm. And I found it difficult to kind of make any sort of headway in it. And this was in New York. This was in New York. Okay, yeah. 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 I'm not very good at the schmoozing mm. part of uh, being a writer performer. And so I'm as a stand up, I found it was difficult to like get on shows and uh, mm. make those sorts of relationships. So I would do the shows where you would have to bring like 60 people to like get five minutes of stage time. And I would mm. do the shows where. I would be like one of those Times Square people like, hey, you want to see a comedy show? And if you sold, I think, like a couple tickets, you would get to perform for those people who oh, wow. tricked into seeing a horrible show. Right. They would tell they would literally tell us to say, you know, say big names could drop by. Yeah. Because that's true in any room in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jerry Seinfeld could be there. Like, <laughs> yeah, he could. <laughs> but those we got to confirm with him but uh he could but he anybody could, could walk into any room at any time that's 
that's the multi-universe theory (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it was it was it was tough and i i just did kind of bad shows and i never really got better Mm -hmm. i thought i was like a mediocre stand-up and i kind of stayed a mediocre stand-up it was nice to kind of break out and do other stuff but i'd love to i don't know about you i'd love to get back into it I, mean, I know you're doing it now. Yeah, yeah. 100%. You should. I, I think it's a different landscape now, too. I think uh, there's a lot more shows. At the time I was doing it, it was mostly like club yeah. shows. Yeah. There are a lot more uh, uh, bar shows, and uh, you, don't have to, you don't have to guarantee 10 people in the audience, you know? That was hell. And I would, I would also feel bad for making them go. So often I would pay for people. And so oh, I was sure. paying like $100 a week to do stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I think, you know, that's a pretty good deal. I'll say this. Uh, realizing uh, uh, you're a mediocre stand-up has not stopped a lot of people from hanging in there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I did kind of, I did the the stand-up landscape a favor by dipping out, which <laughs> yes. some people could could do as well. Yeah. But you, uh, do you think that it, because you, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're king, king of improv now, right? Not even. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think improv is like kind of, a tough thing to to be the best because <laughs> like i i don't know and what what's great so you're the best at improv <laughs> what do you earn here what do you get well do you think that your like your years as a stand-up like it changed the way you improvise does it, does it, does it you draw from a similar place with it or is it completely unrelated in your mind i think so. yeah i've got kind of a writerly brain i would hope uh-huh. i would have hoped that the improv i had done would have been like would have kind of went into the stand-up and made me a better, like, crowd work and, mm. uh, like, rebuttalist to, like, uh, heckles and stuff. But I was horrible at that stuff. <laughs> I was, I was, ho- I was, my crowd work always ended up, like, too mean, and it would alienate the crowd, like, from the first, from the first minute, they would hate me. And I just, I never understood why I was so bad at something that I had the skill set to be good at. Can I get an example of you, like, making fun of, is there one that haunts you? There's one really, really bad one. I, I asked, like, oh, where's everybody from? You know, the uh, classic, uh, let's get the audience feeling like they're involved and this isn't a rhetorical performance. Yeah. And, you know, I there was this couple who, they looked so nice. They just looked like like Midwestern, you know, just like nice Midwestern parents. And the show was at a at a pretty dingy, horrible bar. And so there wasn't a big audience. So these two people were probably two of eight. Mm-hmm. And I needed them on my side. Okay. They were sitting in the front. They were, I think, parents of another person performing. So they were going to stay through the whole show. I had no choice but to get these people on my side. And I said, Where, where's everybody from? And they said, they said, Ohio. Mm. And I said, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and immediately they looked so sad. Not even oh. like angry, but just like a deep personal sadness oh no and it was over the show like within a minute (laughs) i was dead on stage i was dead they felt they felt horrible people around them felt bad for them and so they kind of people stopped listening to me because they were too busy empathizing Uh and sympathizing yeah which if you do both of those you can't really listen to (laughs) anything else right those are two big things to do with your with your brain that's so funny horrible i do think there is a world where that worked i mean maybe in like uh yeah like a more aggressive room but it was it was a kind of tiptoe walking on eggshell situation Uh to begin with so not the best idea hey 
And if uh, if you're listening, uh, Mary and Steve, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I've I've since changed my mind about Ohio. I've got a few friends from Ohio. It's a wonderful state, mm. the bellwether state, uh, important politically and uh, full mm. of uh, great farmland and good, wholesome, corn-fed people. Mm. So this is my official apology. And if you want to, if they, I know that they're listening. If they want to call in and accost you about it, uh, the number is 904-351-0729. That's Wouldn't 904. That be awesome? uh, it, it really would. It really would be the greatest thing. Just like a big kind of, they they call in and they just like, they go in on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like, we, we, we live on the streets you. now because of you. You <laughs> yeah. ruined our lives. <laughs> we couldn't go back home after that. <laughs> It didn't feel like home anymore. <laughs> I couldn't look my son in the eyes. <laughs> uh, now, Bob, do you know who Bob Dylan is? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I saw this news this, this this morning. Bob Dylan has launched a uh, a line of whiskey now. Have yes. you seen this news? I, I, I heard that news, yes. I'm going to read you the article. This is yes, not long. It's not long. Bob Dylan has launched a new whiskey line called Heaven's Door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It features a straight rye, a Tennessee bourbon, and a double barrel whiskey. He partnered with Mark Bouchala, co-founder oh, Mark. of bourbon brand Angel's Envy, mm-hmm. for the venture. Quote from Bob Dylan to the New York Times. We both wanted to, we both wanted to create a collection of American whiskeys that, in their own way, tell a story. I've been traveling for decades, and I've been able to try some of the best spirits that the world of whiskey has to offer. This is great whiskey. According to Bashala, working with Dylan involved untangling a lot of his comments about each sample whiskey. (laughs) When Dylan tried the double barrel whiskey, he reportedly felt something was missing and told Bushala, quote, it should feel like being in a wood structure. (laughs) Now, the next sentence is my favorite in the entire article. Quote, it should feel like being in a wood structure. Next sentence. Last year, Dylan delivered a full lecture as part of the terms for winning the Nobel Prize in Literature. (laughs) He did win the Nobel Prize. He won the Nobel Prize. My God. And everybody was mad. People were mad. Mm -hmm. And he showed them now. He made his own whiskey. (laughs) Do you think there are other Nobel Prize winners going to start doing uh, uh, merch? Merch. I mean... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's got to be, right? I don't think there's a ton of money in science and, uh, you know, kind of like actual literature. So I think you have to. You got to yeah. start selling. Yeah. You got to start selling cozies and <laughs> yeah. and sneakers. You have to. Yeah, Zadie Smith sneakers. <laughs> Zadie Smith. <laughs> Does she win? Yeah, hopefully. Probably. Yeah. If not now, then soon. <laughs> Zadie Smith. Malala, like, wristbands. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, get like a, a Malala, like, case. <laughs> Malala pencil case. <laughs> I am, um, you know, I don't have a problem with it, with with people kind of selling out slightly and selling merch. I think yeah. I think fame is fleeting, and our society has a attention span of, like, mm-hmm. a few minutes. So anytime we see, like, a, like a Ken Bone type, right. I'm okay with them selling sure. a T-shirt or two. Yeah, what am I going to do? What am I going to be mad about Ken Bone? You know what I mean? Like, if th- this is the thing I'm going to be mad about, let them sell a shirt. Like, yeah. It's more on the people who purchase them. Like, right. There's nothing wrong with, I think, putting up a, a T-shirt. Sale. Look, when you go into my apartment, I've got Bob Dylan whiskey. <laughs> I've got David Lynch brand coffee. 
I've got David Duchovny's uh, novels and rock and roll albums. Now, are those are those like Californication novels that are like written by the character? Or are they his actual They're novels? They're his actual novels. There's one that's about an anthropomorphized cow. Oh, right. Uh, and I, I uh, um, it's it's called it's got some like moo pun in the title. I don't remember what it is. Caller, you are on the line with me and Bob Volfov. Hey, Colby. It's hey, Tim Kent. Hey, Tim. Bob just hey, fist pumped when he heard guys. your voice, Tim. Friend of the show, Tim Keck. That's right. <laughs> yeah, friend of Bobby. <laughs> How What's you doing, up? Tim? Oh, boy. How's it going, gang? It's going good. Tim, I can only guess that you have called in to talk about seeing the Avengers. Right? Oh, dude, I don't know. I, I am so, I don't want to spoil anything. I don't even know uh, what. Uh, there is the spoil, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm so scared. I'm so scared talking about it. I Riddle me this, to, Tim. Uh, Tim, were there yeah. a lot of characters in it? Would you say there were a lot of characters? Yo, uh, everybody's in it. <laughs> it's like all the movies combined. I thought it was great, honestly. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was awesome. I encourage everyone to go see it. I think it broke like a bunch of box rock, office records. But I have no idea. It made like $130 million on Friday. Now, we do have to disclose, right, that Tim is a marketing intern for Marvel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. yeah. Just just an intern. Yeah. Um, also, uh, buy comic books. It's a dying industry. we got to support them. Uh, you know, which your comic book it's sells you can what movies you want there them has to make. Really never been a thing movie. There has never been a better time to be into comic books than now. The dying industry. What is there's? What are you talking about? Well, like a physical copy. Do you know anyone who's buying, like, physical comic books? Yes! Plenty of people do that. I see people on the train no. constantly with just stacks of uh, stuff from Midtown Comics, and they're just, like, blowing through one, then back into the bag, then the next one comes out. I think it's such bullshit that that stuff has become cool. Like, I remember when I had to, like, sneak into the store to buy, like, an Iron Man comic book because uh -huh. I didn't want to get my head stuck in a toilet. And now it's, like, these guys with, like, top button collared shirts and like cool haircuts reading comics on the train it's yeah. such bullshit yeah where you had to you had to disguise yourself before it's so much easier now like <laughs> to be like a dweeb it sucks <laughs> sucks it shows that we're getting weaker as a society low t baby <laughs> <laughs> america has low t oh my god we should do, yeah, we should just slowly transition this into, like, a men's rights activist show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With, without Colby knowing, Tim, let's, just slowly, let's lead the way. Yeah, yeah. It's me being like, yeah, but the thing about Bob Dylan's whiskey is it shouldn't be allowed to be sold to women. <laughs> you know what is kind of strange is the family unit and its disintegration in our society. Right, Tim? <laughs> Hell yeah. It's because there's no strong fathers. What happens fathers? to just having a mom and a dad? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, we do not endorse any of that. Those no. people should be drowned in a river. <laughs> I'll say it. I don't care. I'll say it. Good thing this isn't the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Wah, 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 wah. That happened. You watched that, Tim? You watched that last night? Wait, that happened already? Happened Today? last night. It happened last night. Tim, we all know that you only get oh. one channel on your cable, and that is C-SPAN. <laughs> 
<laughs> you demanded C-SPAN from so, the cable, <laughs> yeah, cable company. Tim raised a big stink about it. The one three-hour chunk that I wasn't watching C-SPAN, I went to go see <laughs> Avengers. <laughs> I can't believe it. I've been watching C-SPAN constantly for a whole year. And the one movie I decide to see. You know, sometimes damn, when I want to switch well, it up, yeah. I'll pop on C-SPAN, too. Who did it? I'll pop it on. Um, Tim, was uh, was Tony Stark funny in the Avengers? I feel like he's always funny. <laughs> okay, you know what is uh, uh, interesting now is that the tone for all these movies has changed a lot, and and Tony isn't like the only funny one anymore. What mm. you know, Chris Pratt's there. Oh, he's, he is funny. Like, he yeah, is like Chris Pratt's in. there. Zingers and, uh, left and Thor right. Is now with this quippy. Guy. Like everybody's quippy now. I will say this: I liked that last Thor movie. Thor it was Ragnarok. Funny. Yeah, I thought it was very funny. It was good. Uh, Tim, can I can I confess something to you? Sure. Um, so the first time I saw you, which was probably like maybe four years ago now, um, Uh-oh. at uh, at Legion Bar in uh, in you Sunny... had a crush on me. <laughs> well, sort of, yeah. In Sunny Brooklyn, I saw you at Legion Bar, and I saw you. This was before I kind of really entered the comedy scene or anything. This was back when um, I think this was like kind of in the midst of. Uh, Griffey's shows at Legion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw you at the bar and I kind of took a, a sly photo because I thought you were Chris Pratt. And I was like, oh my God, oh my I can't God. believe I'm at a bar with Chris Pratt. Oh <laughs> New York God. City is amazing. Oh, <laughs> and uh, it was like for, for about a week, I thought that I had seen Chris Pratt at a bar. And uh, turns, out. <laughs> <laughs> turns out it was my future good friend tim keck which is even better that's so disappointing for you i'm so sorry well thank you for I've, that uh, week. i've actually gotten chris pratt a lot i'm not really sure why but oh, i have gotten chris okay. pratt a lot a rare peek into the uh into uh, the, the the face that matches the voice that the listeners know every week handsome handsome boy handsome ripped oh man but people are very specific with me every time they're like hey you look a lot like chris pratt no, not Guardians of the Galaxy in shape. Chris Pratt's <laughs> first three or four seasons of Parks and Rec, Chris Pratt. Yeah. Which was the funnier Chris Pratt? And I'm like, Pratt. okay, there well, that's go. unnecessary. I know. Don't feel bad. That was. I know uh, when you said Chris Pratt what that means. I don't think you need to get specific. But that was the better They're Chris like, Pratt. No, I just want to be very clear. Don't feel bad, man. I think that I think they're they're not meaning to give you a compliment. Obviously, I think they're being mean about appearance, but they are <laughs> giving you a compliment. That Chris, like, I don't find this Chris Pratt charming. I don't think handsome jacked people are are allowed to be funny. It's yeah. frustrating. Except for The Rock. He is very handsome, very jacked. <laughs> or Ryan Reynolds. Very funny. Well, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds isn't funny. Shut up. But they're like Ryan dressing Re- him down, Ryan right? Reynolds is supposed are they? to be like the like with Deadpool. Guy oh, sure, yeah. Like they yeah. put him in they put him in the mask and they yeah. give him like the ugly makeup to like let his funny shine. Yeah, it's like Phantom of the Opera. Right. It's like he takes off the mask oh, and he's like, look at me. Oh, you ugly to make him funny? I hear, I hear that's what, like, kind of part of it. Like, because people can't focus on him being funny when he's, like, such a vision. Um, so they'll, like, yeah, they, like, kind of dress him down and give him ugly makeup so that his... Yeah, Would his... you say the Deadpool is a vehicle for people to remember that Ryan Reynolds once was funny? It's... Remember when Ryan Reynolds had that weird... Like, Come on, Ryan Reynolds is great. No. What are you talking about? I'm not going to hear you this Ryan Reynolds shit talking on this show. No, this I don't... That's what I woke up on a Sunday for. <laughs> just blad, blad, bad mouth to just blabber away Tim... our national treasure, Ryan Reynolds. No, of course you love You love Deadpool. You love Deadpool. You love Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. You love Shallow Hell. I uh, love the proposal. 
proposal. Was he in Shallow Hell? Uh, no, he wasn't. Which one, what's the one where he Love was Van fat? Wilder. Love oh, that Waiting. was uh, Just Friends. Just Friends, yeah. Which was kind of the shallow hell of like <laughs> a of couple other, years yeah, later. <laughs> yeah, exactly, of the later era. Colby's being a real shallow hell right now. <laughs> Get him. <laughs> what do you like about Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> what I I really I can't believe he's had a career this long. Honestly, he seems so like him. him as, about? He's beautiful. Him, he's hilarious. Him as a star he's feels so, so antiquated to me. Like that guy being. Fuck uh, you, Colby. <laughs> Fuck you. I dare you, you piece of shit. <laughs> you were half the man Ryan Reynolds was. <laughs> We Fall finally down on your found think whatever God made him. Tim, Tim usually just calls in to like play devil's advocate and argue a little bit, and we finally found the thing that like genuinely gets him upset. <laughs> it's talking shit about Ryan Reynolds. Oh, I can't believe it. Look to Ryan Reynolds. Let me. All right. Okay. Well, look, Ryan Reynolds needs people to defend him. This guy's having a tough career. He's had a tough life. <laughs> he needs people like Tim to stand up for him. Oh. All right, here we Dude, go. Dude, you shouldn't even be able to reach him when you punch up. Goddamn, you <laughs> loser. So Stay away from my man, you piece of shit. All right, I'm going to look at the movies now. Apparently, in 2019, he is going to be the voice in a movie called Detective Pikachu. <laughs> this is according to IMDb. Holy shit. Detective Pikachu, 2019. Feature film based on the popular Nintendo game Pokemon. And he is voicing Pikachu. Did not see that coming. He's voicing Pikachu. Yeah. No. This is. This he is, is really. This is working against me. Actually, oh my this God. movie sounds great. Imagine the first time Pikachu actually says human words and it's voice of Ryan Reynolds. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Wasn't there a big controversy recently with um, one of the latest? Either it was Pokemon movies or Pokemon episodes that Pikachu spoke in English. Oh, like, is that true? Pi- yeah. It it spoke kind of beyond really? its name, and it was just kind of like. Ash, like, thank you so much for saving. And I think it was during a movie, and the the video of it, the whole theater started booing. <laughs> they hated it. They hated that the cute little mouse spoke English. Oh my god! <laughs> I want to find this. I'm gonna see if I can find it. Um, hey Tim. Yeah. Who would you uh, like to play Pikachu if it weren't Ryan Reynolds? Huh. Tom Holland? Tom Holland! <laughs> um, I guess Tom Holland would be good. Who's the... What's the low-key honestly, guy's name? Honestly, why can't we give it to... We can't give it to an Asian actor. There's no Asian actors out there who would play this... Thank you, Tim. You know, Japanese right. character. Thank you. I don't know why we're whitewashing Pokemon right. now. What about uh, Ken Watanabe? That would be a very Speaking serious Pikachu. Pikachu. Yes. Yeah. A very stern Pikachu. Yeah. You can search your whole life for Butterfree <laughs> and never find Butterfree. Uh, maybe Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen. Yeah, yeah, that would sure. be good. Be God, good. we don't give Ken Watanabe enough credit. He's had an amazing career. He really has. Remember him in Inception? Who is that? Yeah. yeah. He's the old uh, Japanese guy in Inception and a million oh, other movies. Great. Last Samurai. You ever see yeah. that? Yeah, Last Samurai. Um, yeah, he's fantastic. He's just like, I think he should have definitely more kind of like, more mainstream roles like Inception because he was fantastic in that. Yeah, yeah. I found the video. Yeah, that's how I feel about Donnie Yen is that he's like just now making American movies and like we're getting him in like his fifties and it's really upsetting. He was like such an awesome action star uh-huh. in his youth and did like It Man and all these awesome action. Oh movies. yeah, but it now Man he's doing really like good. triple X. And shit. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like damn, we missed out on prime Donnie Yen. <laughs> it Man is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Very very. All three oh, of those so movies are so great. He would be a great Pikachu. <laughs> Speaking of. <laughs> you know who 
make a great Pikachu. <laughs> Like this. He could play uh, Pikachu's like old master or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like he trains Pikachu how to thunderbolt. Pikachu's splinter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then some green goo gets on him and he turns into like a ninja. God, wouldn't like, it be Pikachu messed up if there were like was... a ninja turtle type thing? Yeah. Wouldn't it be messed up if there were like, you know how in like the Disney universe, like Goofy has a dog or something? Like there's another dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who's like yeah. the not like who's like just a dog? Uh-huh. It would be so messed up if there were a Pokemon who could train another Pokemon. Oh man! <laughs> oh wow! The well, I always wondered what do they eat? Yeah, oh, I hate it. I think we see Pikachu like, are, are eating there, like some fruit. Are there, Pokemon, at some point. are there like animals in the Pokemon world? It doesn't seem like there are. I so think they, they just eat? have to hunt the Pokemon that looks like a deer, <laughs> and that's what they eat. <laughs> And then somebody else, like, has it as a pet and battles with it, and some other people are like, oh, man, we should eat pet for food. There should be a chicken Pokemon. That's what I keep <laughs> writing into the Nintendo Corporation about. It's about time we released a chicken Pokemon. <laughs> Tim? Colby? I can't stay mad at you. <laughs> I know. I'm not mad at you. I was mad at you initially, but I'm not mad at you. <laughs> Tim, you told me to fuck off. <laughs> well, you said some pretty awful things about my man. <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll talk soon, okay? Okay. Later, guys. Bye, Bye Tim. All right, here's the video. I'm going to cue it up here. This is the Pikachu. Yeah. All right, so you're just getting some, like, battles here. Okay. As you can imagine. So there was just an explosion that Ash and Pikachu were a part of. Here we go. Here we go. Pikachu, why won't you get a Pokemon? It's because... What? The best is the guy goes, the guy goes, the fuck? <laughs> I mean, it's devastating. You know, he grew up his whole life yeah. thinking that this, this little this, rat. <laughs> this video, by the way, from five months ago. <laughs> five months ago, this happened. Good Christ. Oh, wow. So anyway, yeah. Because. <laughs> it's because. And if, if Pikachu talks like Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> And now it's going to be like Ryan Reynolds. It's going to be like <laughs> yeah. talking like a Reddit commenter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, uh, there was a, a Deadpool pop-up bar this mm. weekend in uh, in Williamsburg, Bob. What did they serve? Like bacon chocolate shots? <laughs> <laughs> yes, probably. It was just I, I didn't go inside because mm -hmm. the line was too long to get in. Mm -hmm. But uh, there was it was like the school for misfit girls or something, whatever it is from oh, the wow. movie. And it was like dressed up and they were like. There were like motorcycles parked outside mm -hmm. and the line of people to get in every single person. This was like 30 people along this line. Every single person wearing a black leather jacket. Oh, no. Every single one. With just like a, a Japanese katana strapped against their back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you better let me in with this. <laughs> it's not technically a weapon. That's right. 
<laughs> if you want to call in, just like our friend Tim Keck, 904-351-0729. Bob. Bob. Yes. Colby. You're a writer as well as a performer. I'll put some stuff down on paper, sure. Your work has appeared in The New Yorker, mm-hmm. McSweeney's. Mm-hmm. Now, were these places places you read regularly for, for like humor before submitting? Um, yeah, I think like I obviously started to read more once I was interested in submitting. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's funny how a lot of these places will go through um, kind of really high points um, yeah. in terms of like publishing a bunch of great stuff in a row and then some less less high points. <laughs> um, and I remember um, maybe it was like last year, or the year before, like kind of at the height because all this like Trump hate stuff is starting to get kind of like difficult to satirize because it's just like so ridiculous and everything that happens in this current climate is like so heightened and unbelievable that it's kind of tough to write a humor piece on it but like a year or two ago like McSweeney's like every piece that was getting published was like so funny and so like um just like undercutting everything that was so horrible that was happening and that's kind of when I was like oh I'd like to I'd like to take part in this Mm -hmm. um and yeah, I don't think I'm particularly good at it, but I really liked uh, like that part of McSweeney's. And the York- New Yorker's like always been, you know, mm. if it's your cup of tea, then it's really your cup of tea. Right. Um, yeah. I understand why some people don't like kind of dry, sarcastic, like East Coast humor. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I find it OK. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think there was like 2017. Everybody was like really fired up to just like give the president what for yeah and, oh uh, boy will we show him yeah and now now a year later we're kind of settling into just like oh god this is how it's gonna be for a while right you know? like another two more years yeah it was also last year it was like the the uh the the, the special council got started up and there was like all right. this all, all this drama happened like last summer yeah and then uh then the pace kind of settled in you know i think yeah i think I think we're in it till the end, unfortunately. Like, as much as I'd like to hang my hat on the special counsel investigation, like, Trump does nothing but slither in and out of horrible situations yeah. with no consequences. So yeah. I think we've just kind of, <laughs> we've settled in this in this <laughs> time period where no matter how bad something is, like, people are openly talking and admitting corruption. Like, was it Mick Mulvaney that was like, I only met with lobbyists if they paid me? Yes. Like said that in an interview. Yes. That was okay. That was five minutes later. It was just forgotten yeah. in the news cycle. Oh, yeah. 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 So I don't think we're ever going to see any sort of meaningful resolution. Mm-hmm. I think Robert Mueller is just going to like get the flu one day and suddenly disappear. And we'll just be like, well, that's, hey. That's the way it goes. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, 904-351-0729. There is no hope, everybody. 904-351-0729. That's very funny. <laughs> it's sad, but, yeah, like, I mean, how much longer? How much longer before something happens where we have to just, like, forget about a, a disappearance? <laughs> yeah, it does kind of feel interminable. And I also just, like, look at, like, I look back at, like, say, like, 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just like doing comedy stuff or like other other pieces of art from then, like me or my peers have created or like other other people, you know, it just seems so innocent now, you know. Right. 
Like we are, Obama was president. We had no idea how good we had it. Even if you don't like him, you have no idea how good we had. You know what I mean? You got to just make jokes yeah. about yeah. Like, silly thoughts you've had. Like, oh, the guy who invented the boomerang must have been pretty lonely. And now it's like you have to, you know, you have to stand up. You have to resist. Yes. Your yeah. comedy has to shatter, <laughs> shatter the chains of bondage. And it's like, my God, like, I just want to joke about farts. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, there's some of us uh, uh, just like can't do it <laughs> no matter how hard we try. Not smart enough. <laughs> it's true. It's true, though. Like you, we were talking about this White House correspondence dinner last night. Like, mm-hmm. it's so insane that Michelle Wolf got to do that. Like, because she right. is like only very recently on the national stage and like all of yeah. a sudden she's there so it's very cool to see like a uh you know a tough new york stand-up like go and do that uh when yeah. she's when that's still like her identity you know yeah yeah and i i like yeah i really like her trajectory like she went from being just a, yeah like a smart tough new york city comic to like kind of the best part of the daily show like she yeah. was very um she's very good at like punching up Mm-hmm. Um, it was cool to see her do this. I watched a few clips of it. I haven't watched the full thing yet, but based on kind of the Twitter reaction, uh, conservatives are pissed. Yeah. <laughs> they are oh, not yeah. happy. They're very mad. They're I've like, also seen some things that people are saying, like, it was unfair for her to, like, make fun of how Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, uh, looks. Uh, and it's like, I mean, that's not really what she was doing. You know, I, yeah, I, she like made like kind of like an offhand like remark about her, her makeup. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which uh, which she said was perfect. Right. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because, like, yeah, like, a lot of these conservative types who showed up were like, oh, like, we expected a even-handed, light-hearted, you know, set of jokes about us destroying democracy. <laughs> right. And they're mad about, you know, Michelle Wolf, like, yeah, like, punching up and speaking to power, which yeah. is like, what do you expect? Yeah. What, why did you come to this thing if you were going to get, like, so upset about... And she... She closes the whole thing out with like two minutes about how the media is profiting from the Trump presidency. You know, like they, they're they're just selling uh, uh, liberalism basically uh, as a way yeah. to like keep making money because like it's out of power. Well, now. look at this. You know, uh, Rachel Maddow is the number one show now. Like, yeah, like yeah, definitely the liberal side is benefiting from this just as much as the conservative mm-hmm. side. Like, yeah, like Fox News is the number one network, but we have the number one rated like basically news show Mm -hmm. so it's like i mean we're definitely benefiting from this totally yeah remember when she uh released that one page of the trump tax returns yeah i do i like ran from i think i had like a a rehearsal or something and i was like guys i gotta go (laughs) and i ran to a bar to watch that um that broadcast Uh and it was nothing yeah it was absolutely nothing yeah it's such a bummer because it was like so sensationalized like it was tweeted about beforehand, like people yeah. got so riled up. Everybody sat in front of the TVs and that sort of thing really benefits every part of the media, every mm-hmm. corner of it. Yeah. Yes. It's it's money is everything still. Yeah. Like that is the thing that has not changed. If anything, we have uh, this is like opened our eyes a little bit to just like how deep those problems go. But uh, yeah, at least these corrupt people now are like actually like openly corrupt and like you know, holding bags with like dollar signs on them. <laughs> like, we know exactly. There's like no, there's no more like veneer of, uh, of like propriety about this stuff. Like people yeah. are just openly being corrupt about how money flows, which, yes. you know, that's good to have the veil. 
fucking un, unfurled from our eyes. We're all going to die one day, man. <laughs> and it's going to be soon. It's probably going to be soon. Yeah. I, I, I just hope it's soon. <laughs> beg, I beg for it. Did you see Death of Stalin? I did. I liked the line in it where uh, uh, he's accosting the woman who plays mm-hmm. the piano and she goes, I believe in the power of everlasting life. And he turns around and goes, what idiot would want everlasting life? <laughs> it's so true. That is the greatest. Like that. You could hate the rest of the movie. That line is worth the price of admission alone. So funny. Big fan. Big fan of that joke. Yeah. Yeah. Good movie, too. You like Armando Iannucci? I think so. I mean, I really yeah. liked uh, In the Loop and I really mm-hmm. liked Veep. Um, so, I, yeah, I think I like it. I haven't seen some of the older stuff. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. But um, In the Loop, I like watched a bunch of times. Yeah. I thought that was like James Gandolfini's like triumph. Yeah. Um, and uh, Doctor Who. Doctor Who is in it. Yes. Doctor Who is in it. And he, at some point, says the phrase weenie banjo which is very funny to me um and zach woods is in it mm-hmm. yeah i i kind of think that uh uh armando Iannucci is like is like the ultimate expression of of like british sensibility like yeah. when we when you talk about like british comedy uh and like, like it's got it's like absurdist roots and everything but at the core it's like very erudite debate-based wordplay it's just uh, a roast yeah it's just a yeah. constant roast and he is so mean so mean like that i i struggled to get into veep initially because i was just like this is really mean <laughs> like yeah well the last season was so mean yeah it was like it, it like escalates like they're so mean to jonah yes and to uh matt walsh's character yes. that it's like at some points unwatchable <laughs> i just can't yeah like i can't even imagine filming that like saying because a lot of them are appearance based oh yeah <laughs> they like called jonah like like a sulking skeleton man. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, there's no, you know, curses in there, but the fact that it's so specifically mean about his appearance. Oh, yeah. God. So, so many of them, too, are, just feel like such, like, like, in, uh, like, finely composed, mm-hmm. like, the, they paying attention to, like, the rhythm of the words together, and then the next scene will be like, eh, shut up, you fat girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, like, you watch The West Wing or something, you watch anything from Sorkin, you're like, people don't talk like that. People uh-huh. don't have, like, well-composed, trains of thought about democracy yeah. and like the changing scope of power but with veep it's like the same thing just with these like horrible harsh <laughs> barbs <laughs> like people don't talk like this yeah it's all it's completely outside the like normal sitcom structure too where it's just like you got your a b and c stories but mm-hmm. if that is that it's like each character has their own storyline like through the season yeah. kind of that like some come up in some episodes. Others are completely gone. Uh, it's very... What they do with that show is very cool. It, it is cool. Yeah, and I, like... I'll watch anything with Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Oh, yeah. I think she... The, She's the best. In the fifth season, if, we, mm-hmm. if we're going to talk about this for a second, the fifth season, there's an episode where her mother is dying. Yes. And uh, they get the news that there's going to be a recount for her election in Nevada right as they're, like, pulling the plug on her mother mm-hmm. and so they start celebrating and then her daughter walks in having missed them pulling the plug and the way she turns around and goes Catherine is I think the finest bit of comedic acting I've ever seen that's awesome that's uh, I gotta rewatch that I just think she is unbelievable she's oh, incredible she's so good Bob we've got a couple minutes left we're gonna do sure. a lightning round Let's of the it. young person's radio questionnaire Let's do lightning it. round usually we we'd spread out on these not today 
today lightning round. Lightning, let's go. And if I say lightning round one more time, I'm going to shoot myself <laughs> on the air. Say it. First question. Say it, coward. <laughs> <laughs> lightning round. Blah. And then the rest was like dead air for eight minutes. The point me of just order. like breathing. <laughs> Has to come in and like shove me out of the chair to do their show. Uh, they'll be uh, here in a couple minutes to so stick around. Okay, question number one. Actor or actress who every time you they come on screen, you go, oh, neat. Uh, Daniel Day Kim. Nice. <laughs> Love that guy. You are stricken ill. Mm -hmm. What show do you put on while you heal? Ooh, uh, I guess Sports Center. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Because I'm a man. <laughs> I'm a man, damn it. What's an internet trend that drives you nuts? Um, I don't like quote tweets. Um, mm. Kind of clever reactions to tweets that are already funny or something. I oh, sure. I think that's a nightmare. What's uh, 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 would you prefer a quirky coming of age story or a mindless space battle? Ooh, um, I like to be cool. I would say mindless space battle, but it's always quirky coming of age story. <laughs> I love kind of high school. <laughs> I like, really do. Yeah, too. like spectacular now nonsense. I love it. You find yourself in a casino. Mm -hmm. You look down at your hand. What's that? Two hundred dollars worth of chips. What game do you play first? The ponies. I find the horses, and I bet on, I, I bet on the most fat-looking horse. <laughs> That's the best answer. Karaoke, private room or open bar? Uh, open bar for sure, because, look, it's going to sound bad in a private room anyway. You might as well share your gift. <laughs> okay, last question. What's the dumbest thing that's ever made you cry? Um, dumbest thing? I think, okay, yeah, one time I... Was walking. Uh, I was walking in Boston. I was walking to my hotel. I was staying there for a for a work thing, mm -hmm. and I stepped in a puddle that was <laughs> deeper than I expected, and my whole <laughs> shoe and my sock got wet. And I was kind of between my hotel and the, the work conference I was at, uh -huh. and I still had quite a bit to travel. And it really, it, I I teared up. I was just like, life isn't fair. <laughs> My shoe is wet. My sock is wet. It's the greatest. <laughs> it was so dumb. God damn it. I'm in a city I don't know without a person to help. Yeah, it was bad. That is, uh, <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Bob, we got to end the show now. Ah, uh, we simply must. It went by in a flash, buddy. Flash in a pan. <laughs> is that a term? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like when magic is made, right? Yeah, yeah. When's the next time you're at Herald Night? When can, when can people come see you? Um, I'll be I'll be performing this Tuesday at uh, mm -hmm. nine thirty at the UCB Hell's Kitchen Theater. That's right, uh, which is located basically in the Hudson River. So just kind of keep yes. walking until you hit water. <laughs> yeah, on Forty Second Street. Yeah, God, and, uh, God bless you if you come. And uh, uh, this is with the team too damn much. Too damn much. Yeah. So that's uh, uh, this Tuesday at nine thirty. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Colby, and would thank you, you. Would for... you mind if? Uh, so what were you gonna say? I'll say thank you for uh, thank you to Tim Keck for oh, calling. Yeah, in. yeah, definitely, definitely. Tim, more people should be following Tim Keck's lead mm -hmm. here for this episode. This is a poor showing <laughs> for the callers. We're yeah. all thinking it. Would you mind if we went out to the Bee Gees? Not at all. Here I we here we go. Support. Bob, thanks again for coming. Check out uh, Harold Knight on Tuesday, and uh, we'll be back next week with Emily Winter. Stay tuned for Point of Order. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Is it gonna go? Is it gonna go? Do things go? Does anything go? Can HBO go? There we go! <laughs> I was gonna say that beat song is weird. <laughs>